Good morning and welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. Just um, one quick announcement. I appreciate the DMs. I, uh, having uh, Thrill and Doa on the show last week, we talked about the F3 mental battle, and uh, obviously we struck a nerve with a few guys. And so I just I want to tell you, if you're struggling, you're not alone. And so uh, reach out to somebody. Um, life's too short not to, uh, you know, not to ask for help. It's, it's, you can be a man uh, by asking for help. And so just continue as you're working through that. I know a lot of the reasons have uh, mental battle workouts this week and uh, next week. So just uh, continue to push through, but uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. So that was my only announcement this week, jumping into today's show. And so uh, we've been covering a lot of different and complicated topics um, and I, when I kind of talk about the underserved, or just sometimes on our podcast, we don't cover some of the topics that are um, a little bit different. So I'll do the disclaimer. Let's say this is going to be another one that uh, is probably not great for the kids. So I'm going to give you a second or two if you want to fast forward. If you're sitting in the minivan with the kids, to fast forward to the next show, and you can come back to this one by yourself. But today's topic is going to cover – hopefully I gave you enough time there – so today's topic covers a couple different things. One is we're going to talk a little bit about the mustard seed experience because guys who end up by themselves, you know, as we talked through the mental battle, that was one of my reasons I wanted to have this guy on the show. When you end up somewhere and you've got to restart a region because you've had F3 and you want to make sure you continue that, that's one of the topics. The other topic is we have a ton of guys in F3 that uh, are doing F3 because they just came through a very, very complicated or difficult medical uh, issue or concern. And so this guy's got both of these. He's a mustard seed, and he's kind of went through one of these major medical things. So, um, And he's going to be a podcaster. And so there's a bunch of other podcasts that uh, all started their careers here. So I wanted to make sure I got him, um, got him on the show. So let's just do the easy stuff first. DFib, who EH, how long have you been doing F3? Yeah, so um, my wife actually EH'd me when we uh, we had we living in Pennsylvania and we ended up moving to Florida. Only stayed down, stayed down there for about a year. Uh, you mentioned a medical issue. I had a a heart attack right before I went down there and uh, to start a new job and establish myself with a very busy cardiac surgery practice in a hospital down there and a lot of stress. And I wasn't fully recovered and I was dealing with all that. We didn't know anybody, obviously. And we lived in a place called Lakewood Ranch, uh, which is in, technically in Bradenton, Florida. And <clears throat> my wife found on the Lakewood, Fran Lakewood Ranch Facebook page this thing called F3. And she said, you need to go to this. And I'm like, all right. It was a Saturday morning. They only had, at that time, it was pretty new. So Bing had uh, posted a shovel flag in Lakewood Ranch first, planted a shovel flag. And, and then they grew after that. But... Uh, Saturday mornings was the only beatdown at the time, but I went to it, and it was great. I mean, I was not recovered completely from the heart attack I had, and I was um, pretty overweight. <clears throat> I um, struggled a little bit through the workout, but I had, you know, been sort of an athlete my whole life and played basketball a lot. That was a sport I played. And I was, in fact, when I had the heart attack, I was playing basketball. Um, and uh, when I got down there, uh, getting involved with F3 and the guys, I never really got ensconced in the culture because it was a new plant and I 
couldn't make every Saturday because I worked a fair amount of weekends. And then we ended up moving back uh, to Pennsylvania within a year. Um, but that's where I got started. So that was, let me see, I was 50 and I'm 55 now, so five years ago. Started in F3 five years ago, and my wife EH'd me, and that's how I got into it. Yeah, so I'm going to do a bunch of Friday <laughs> shout-outs. First, TRM for being the kind of person that knew what you needed before you knew you needed it. Second, to my man who's the king of all marketing, because a lot of the success we had in Philadelphia came from being in his, um, in his Facebook stuff. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't understand it, but it actually – a lot of the marketing didn't apply to the guys because they aren't on Facebook. It applies to their wives because their wives figured out that the guy needed to be at F3 because they would see the pictures – uh, they would hear the testimonies, that kind of thing. And so just a special shout-out to my my head of expansion, and but my king of all marketing, my man Bing in Florida. And so I guess we also need to allow you to give you some space to do all your shout-outs. So you probably have some shout-outs you want to do to your guys in Florida and then some shout-outs to your guys in PA. So I'm going to let you do that. Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, I shout-out to Bing. I mean, I, I didn't get to know the other guys um, quite as well, but I can tell you that when I got there, Bing was his genuine uh, care and relational leadership was obvious because, you know, as an FNG, not only the first time, but after that, he would, you know, if we partnered up, he came up and made sure he partnered with me initially and, you know, that kind of stuff. So big shout out to Bing and all the guys down in uh, the Suncoast now. Um, they've really grown and, and uh, have become a, a pretty big region now. Uh, my guys back here, I've got uh, Dial-Up. He's a uh, He's my kind of my right-hand man, and uh, and the rest of my SLT that I put together when I first planted the shovel flag here, uh, that would be Porky's and uh, and um, Three Pock and Twinkle Toes. Those guys kind of started out with me along with Dial Up, and we we grew from there. Um, but you know, as before, I even read the book Q Source before it came out. I think I had realized I needed a group of guys to help me to start this. So I put together my SLT, and we we rolled from there. Yeah, and I think we uh, we probably need to do because automatically I think everybody knows their geography in Pennsylvania, so we kind of gave a better ex example of Florida where you're at. But in, for PA, if you guys go, um, Harrisburg is the capital city, kind of in the middle between uh, Philly and Pittsburgh. Go in the middle of the state, it's Harrisburg, um, and then you go. I don't know, is it an hour, hour and a half north is where Danville is, or um, yeah, just a little over an hour give, north. Give the yeah, give the listeners a little bit more description of that area. Yeah, sure. So um, we're right along Route 80. 80 runs east-west, obviously, across the country. Um, we're next to a place called Bloomsburg. Some people may be familiar with that, Bloomsburg University, as the next town over. We're along the Susquehanna River. Um, we're Route 11 through Pennsylvania. goes from Harrisburg straight up to Danville. And we're about a little over an hour east of State College. So that's sort of where we are. Um, take me about two and a half hours to get to Philadelphia to give people kind of a little bit of an idea where we're at. The area is mostly rural, a lot of farm country, a lot of outdoor activities, hunting and fishing and those kinds of things. It's not, uh, it's not the city for, by any means, uh, and uh, we like it that way here. Yeah, and I, I think... Um we probably won't go in exactly in chronological order, but why don't we start there? So you decided to plant there. You came up with it. You got a group of guys. And I know we have a lot of listeners who are guys who are sitting, um, I don't want to say they're by themselves, but as we talk about the mental battle, 
once you've had F3, and I'm, I'm, I'll be a living testimony to say I got to Philly. I was driving to go see side effects, and the, and the guys in Valley Forge one day a week, and then Lindros and a bunch of other guys talked to me and said, hey, you know, you can't be the guy who helped all these people plan all these other week workouts and not do it yourself. And so once you've had a taste of it, it's just so hard. you got to step up and, and lead. And so why don't you talk to the listeners a little bit about how you decided to launch um, in Danville and kind of what got you motivated and inspired and maybe a few of the uh, pro tips or truth nuggets you want to drop on the guys to help them if they're, if they're by themselves right now. Yeah, sure. I, so um, my, my lifetime, I've had a lot of different sort of leadership uh, responsibilities at work and uh, coaching soccer for a long time, including a high school team, a high, highly fun, um, a competitive club team. I coached a young boys team for about four years. Anyway, a lot of coaching and deacon at my church, that kind of stuff. Um, but part of what I did was I started uh, men's groups. So I started a men's group at our church in 2011, and uh, it's still going strong. They're, they meet on Saturday mornings. <clears throat> it's not a workout group. It's uh, just they sit, get together, have breakfast, and uh, it's like a Bible study, uh, maybe pick another book to study kind of thing. And um, So I started that and led that up until I left for Florida. And when I got down to Florida, my experience with F3 was such that when I came back to Danville, I missed it. And um, I didn't start it right away, though, because... My, the pastor at my church, we came back to our home church, he asked me if I could ramp up the men's ministry at our church. And so I started the second men's group on Tuesday nights, and that was going pretty well. Uh, and that went on for about two years. And right before COVID hit, for about a year leading up to that, I was becoming convicted that I really needed to get involved with F3 again. And a big part of that was I picked up the book Free to Lead for the first time and read it. And I was using it. It really spoke to my heart as a man, and, and, as I, and I was using parts of it as teaching points for my men's group on Tuesday nights for uh, our, our Christian men's group. And I kept thinking, man, guys really around here really need this. I really need this. And I had no – when I moved to Florida and went through what we went through down there and, you know, being kind of a stressful situation, I had never been depressed before, ever. I mean, I was – you know, the people I work with, the surgeons I work with and – People would refer to me as like a Labrador retriever. I was always happy, bouncing around. And for the first time in my life down there, I experienced depression. I mean, I was depressed. I wasn't fluent. I wasn't non-functional or anything like that. And I was, certainly wasn't suicidal, but I was depressed. And I know I would, you know, come home and I, it's about an hour commute for me because traffic down there is crazy. And I uh, would call, you know, guys I knew. I'd pick random guys every day to call on my way home from work and, that helped me, um, but being part of F3 really helped me. And I knew that, if, that I needed that, and, and I knew how well it worked. And I could tell you that from leading uh, other men's groups, they're really good, you know, getting together to, to study Scripture and praying for each other. And, you know, we, we keep saying we're you know, a, a fellowship of brothers and, you know, that kind of stuff, a band of brothers and all. And, and it really is, and it works well, and guys get blessed by that. But there's so many guys that deal with issues and they never seem to be able to get past them. They can't get over the wounds in their lives, uh, daddy wounds, uh, things that they've done and regrets. And uh, they, even though they, they know all the right answers, they know the Lord, they just have a hard time getting past it. And what I've noticed is F3 as a vehicle, it really helps guys move past things. And I'm not saying it's perfect, 
But getting together in the early morning hours and slogging through the mud and the ice and the snow and the rain and the heat and everything else together and working out hard together and encouraging and supporting one another, somehow um, that develops a fellowship and opening up and just, you know, getting this shield lock that we call it. And it really does help guys get past a lot of things. And I knew I needed that. And we didn't have one around here. And the closest one was in Lehigh Valley. That was about an hour and 45 minutes away, something like that. And in fact, when I first got my SLT together, two of the guys and I drove, we woke up at four in the morning to go down. And uh, Uptown Girl, I think, was the Nantan at the time. And we met at one of the AOs and went through a beatdown. And the two guys that went down there got named because I already had my name from, uh, from Florida. And, uh, but that was the closest one. And so I knew I had to plant a shovel flag. So for a year, I kind of delayed because I was starting this other group. And, but I also knew that I, if I started this, I'm going to have to show up all the time. So I have to commit to it, and I'm going to have to get in shape because I was, I was probably 25 pounds, 30 pounds overweight. And so I was a little reluctant at first, but I just got more and more convicted that I needed it, and I knew that other guys needed it based on my experience with uh, these other men's groups. So... I called the first guy. I called was Bing because he's the guy I knew, and I like, Bing helped me out here. Uh, turns out he was, you know, in charge of that stuff, and you know, he was part of the mustard seed launches. And I just like told, did what he told me to do. I'd already had my SLT together. We had a good idea going. And my advice to guys out there: they want to do this. You don't have to all have all the right answers. You don't have to have 20 or 30 guys ready to go. You don't have to be in the best shape in the world. You just have to have a heart for it. And you just got to go. You got you to take action. Much like, you know, I'm th- probably going to talk about the podcast that we started. You just got to do it. And, you know, yes, you have to put an SLT together. If you can find a few guys to go along with you, make that shovel flag, stick it in the ground, and show up and announce it. And if it's only two of you showing up for a while, so what? If it's three or four, great. Just keep doing it, keep at it, and guys will come. That's my advice. That was solid. Dude, that was great. And that's, um, I, I love the whole, uh, Gobbler was on a couple weeks ago and we talked about when you don't know what else to do, serve other men. And that'll help, yes. um, you know, when you, you, you run a, when you get to the point where you don't know what to do, go figure out how to serve others and that's normally a good solve. Um, you know, I, first of all, that was a great testimony. And I, I think that, you know, the piece of having you on the, sh- on, on the roundtable today was to, you know, so guys understand it, it really just it gets to a point where you got to make a decision of, of what you want to do. And I just appreciate you say, hey, make a decision and go for it. That's great. I think um, as we transition to the other piece of this, if you can walk us through a little bit with your major medical event, because what I think, um, there's a lot of guys, and I'm going to tell you, I was the first FQ, and I've been in Nantan a couple of times, and I've done regional stuff and national stuff. It is, it is really hard when you talk about the spectrum of fitness or even how you help guys who are coming back from these major medical things. If you could maybe tell us your story and then maybe give some advice on, you know, on how we, as F3, help accommodate these guys that have come, are bouncing back from something major. If you could, if you could walk us through that, that would be great. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So what happened was um, I was playing basketball. Like I said, there was a group of guys at the local university that would get together at 530 in the morning and play. 
And I was able to do that before starting work, so uh, it was uh, probably either a Tuesday or Thursday. That's when we played, and um, we were playing for over an hour, and I had no symptoms. And my my wife was always concerned because there's a strong family history on my mother's side of the family for heart disease, <clears throat> and so she's you know always concerned. And I said, "Honey, I give myself a stress test every time I run or play basketball, and I have no symptoms." And so, you know, I thought I was good, and then. About an hour, a little over an hour into it, I was chasing this one guy who, who's a good player. I was guarding him, and I was having a good day. And, I, and he runs all. He doesn't stop. He's like Steph Curry. You know, he's constantly in, in motion. And I was running with him, and, and we were having a good time competing. You know, we were playing five on five. And, uh, and then I just, like I hit a wall. I just couldn't run anymore. And I remember telling him, uh, I said, I just, I just lost my legs. I can't go. I just can't, I just can't run anymore. I wasn't having chest pain at the time. But I said, guys, I got to quit. And I went over and sat on the bench. And one of the two of the men that were there are physicians. And the one guy said, well, you look you look just like a guy that uh, ended up going uh, emergently to the hospital and having heart surgery. I'm like, oh, great. I said, well, I, I'm okay. I just can't, you know, I, I, I must have looked bad. Um, I just fatigued. And then the chest pain came. But it, for me, it came and went, kind of waxed and waned a little bit. So I was in denial. I thought maybe it was reflux because I have reflux. And I thought, well, I just got to get to the car, take a Zantac, which they don't sell anymore because apparently it causes problems. But, uh, so I got in the shower. It eased up for me. And one of the guys that was there, he's a good friend of mine. He's one of the uh, orthopedic surgeons, a spine surgeon at the hospital. And he said, I'm going to follow you in. Well, he takes forever to take a shower. So I got in my shower. I left, got in the car. And uh, as soon as I got in the car started driving away, I realized – this is not reflux. This is a heart attack. And I started, and I had a choice to make. Uh, I got to a red light right outside the, uh, the building we were playing in. I could make a right and go to the local hospital, or I could keep going for another 10-minute drive to the main hospital where the cath lab was, and I knew I needed to get to the cath lab. And so I made a stupid decision. Um, should, you should just go to the local ER. But, you know, I'm a guy, and I was in enough denial I could make there. And so I started driving. And I probably went about four or five miles. I was about halfway to the hospital. And the chest pain I had was so bad that I was not going to be able to drive anymore. I was going to go off the road because it just hurt so bad. I was able to pull off the shoulder road and call 911, and they were, they were sending an ambulance. So now I'm sitting at the side of the road waiting for an ambulance by myself. My car is full of my stuff because half my uh, – Stuff I had to live for two months until I moved to Florida was in my car. And I remember just sitting in that car with this crushing chest pain thinking I could die here any minute um, because, you know, you could have a lethal arrhythmia from a heart attack and you could die. And, and I knew that. And, and the good part about the whole thing is I totally re- was of the, the feeling and mindset that I'm okay with that. And I remember saying, Lord, if you want to take me, I'm ready. Because I know where I'm going, okay? I have a a strong faith in Jesus Christ, and I know where I'm going. Just take care of my family. Uh, Unfortunately, the ambulance pulled up, and I didn't die, and they got me in the ambulance. And my friend who was the doctor was following me. He pulled up behind the ambulance and looked at the EKG. He said, get him to the ER. I got there. I think I was like 25 minutes from the time I hit the door in the ER to the time I had a stent in my heart. That's really fast, and uh, that's just kudos to the to people that work at this place called Geisinger Medical Center in Pennsylvania. Just really got me to the cath lab quickly. 
the guy who did my stent was the, the chief of interventional radiology, the chief of cardiology there, a good friend of mine who I, who I was an adult Sunday school class teacher. He was in my class, he and his wife. And uh, anyway, he, he got the stand in quickly, and life was good. I, as soon as the stand went in, I, my chest pain was gone, and I felt, I felt, you know, probably some of the drugs they gave me too, but I felt pretty good. But anyway, that was, that's what happened to me. Um, unfortunately, sometimes the first symptom you have of heart disease is a heart attack. Sometimes the first symptom of heart disease is sudden death. Fortunately, that's rare. But sometimes the first symptom you have is a heart attack. Now, maybe in retrospect, there's some times where I might have felt a little short of breath or something that was reflux that, wasn't, that was really mild, that maybe that was symptoms, but it was really impossible to say that at the time until the, the actual heart attack occurred. And, uh, and so that's, that was my story. Um, since then, five years later, just to give you a little bit more perspective, I planted the shovel flag. We were... Uh, in business for almost a year. So this May will be our second year anniversary from planting a shovel flag. Last year in, the, uh, in April, I was running. I had committed to running the Blue Ridge Relay with a team led by Lowe's from uh, Indian Valley. Um, and I was training for it. And I was doing pretty well for me. Um, I'm not real fast. But I was doing pretty well. I was cramp, uh, ramping up the miles and stuff. I was you know, doing five, six miles a few times a week here and there, three miles, that kind of thing. And um, all of a sudden, I couldn't run the way I, I was used to. I was um, just, again, fatigue, but I was able to run. I could run a mile, and all of a sudden, I had to stop and walk for a little bit and run again. It was like mostly just profound fatigue that I would get at about a mile or so, and that was different. So I went to my cardiologist, and he's a really good cardiologist, really good friend of mine, and he was a little skeptical that it was my heart because I wasn't having chest pain. And stuff. So I had a stress test, and uh, uh, he said it was good. To the very, very end of the stress test, there were some changes on the EKG that sometimes are normal during re recovery from exercise. Um, but he he just agreed to do a calf again. They did a calf, and I had a separate coronary artery that was a very large coronary that was like 90% blocked. And I'm getting another stent. So I get that stent in my heart in May. It was the middle of May. And uh, I got cleared to exercise, and now the Blue Ridge Relay is in September, the beginning of September. And so I had to decide whether I should back out or not. And, um, of course, my wife was begging me not to do it. And I was scheduled to do one of the mountain goat legs. And Anyway, I started running, and I started praying. And, and this is so, you know, I don't want to sound sacrilegious or anything like that, but or I don't, want, I don't want to put anybody off, but the message I got from God was, don't be a wuss. I got you. And that, <laughs> maybe that's my own mind hoping that would happen or not, uh, whatever, but I just said, that's it. I'm going for it. And so I trained as hard as I could. It was, it was hard in, uh, through the month of June and a little bit into July, but August I was able to pick it up. Ended up running the Blue Ridge Relay and having a great time. So um, I, I was thankful for that. I praise God for that. He's looked out for me. Um, I don't know how many more years I have left on this earth, but I'm glad I did what I did, and I'm going to keep going, man, as long as I can. And um, I'm already committed for this year's Blue Ridge Relay. And uh, anyway, that's a little more than you wanted to hear. What I would advice I would give other guys no. is if you have any symptoms at all, you know, you need to just get checked out, okay? And sometimes those symptoms are your decrease in exercise capacity. 
I used to be able to run this much this fast. Now I can't. You know, there's no harm in getting checked out. Yeah, and I, I again, I just I appreciate you sharing your testimony. I mean, uh, your mustard seed testimony was pretty strong. They, your your major medical uh, testimony is outstanding. Uh, I, again, I just thank you for sharing and being candid. Uh, the listeners, I'm sure, are going, holy moly. And here's a guy. So when, you, when you're running with somebody on the Blue Ridge Relay, you just never know who, what, what their story is, and this is a, that's a powerful one. Um, I am going to ask you just a, a couple of deep, like a further detailed questions. I, I appreciate you saying, hey, if you notice something's wrong, get it checked out, which I think is great. The other one, um, just any advice you have for, for guys running regions. I mean, for, I guess the first one is, Make sure you got some guys who know CPR and know where the AED is if you have one of those near, near your workouts. What other advice do you have for, for guys who are you know, in regional leadership about having guys coming back? Because when I hear your story, I would be scared because I cue and I try and kill people. I try and wear people out, right? But if you were yeah. at one of my workouts, I would be trying to tell you to go hard, but I don't want you to die. Like, I want you to be sore tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want you to... You know, I don't want you to have a, a major event. So help us understand that a little bit because it's super complicated for that whole thing of I want to push you to where you're going to be sore tomorrow, but I don't want you to, like, have a serious injury. Help us understand that. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, there's a lot of things involved with that. I, I, I'll just speak to the, uh, the cardiac aspect. Um, anybody who, especially when you're getting up in age, you know, I think you should just, you know, talk to your doctor first, make sure things are okay, and you could, you could proceed with exercise. It's really rare that a guy's not, somebody's going to tell a guy that he can't exercise uh, because exercise is good. I think the important thing for, for us is to keep emphasizing that you can modify as needed. You know, we can make up, we should make up difficult workouts. We absolutely should, and we shouldn't shy away from that. Um, but, you know, guys need to know. You know, if you have to modify, modify. There's no harm in that. And then if whoever the cue is or if you have a sweeper or a designated guy or you're the Nantan and you're there, whatever, just make sure that the guys that are modifying or in the back of the pack feel like that they're comfortable with that and you're with them and you're encouraging them. But I would not shy away from making difficult beatdowns. I'm kind of known as the guy that makes the hardest beatdowns in my region. Um, and, and I love that, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, you can't predict everything. Nobody would have, no doctor would have given me a, a, a stress test or a catheterization before my heart attack because I would have told them I have no symptoms. And I did have, I do have hypertension, which I've had since my late 20s. That's genetic. And uh, hyperlipidemia, so high cholesterol. But I was on medicine for that, and my cholesterol levels were reasonable. Uh, they weren't out of this world good, but they were normal. Um, and so I don't think anybody would have just given me a test because of that unless I had told them I was having some chest pain or shortness of breath. And fortunately, the majority of people, they do have symptoms before they have some kind of catastrophic event. So my advice is just you know, make sure guys know they can modify. Don't shy away from, from making a beatdown uh, you know, difficult. I would do that. You know, I participate in the Iron Packs challenges and all that stuff. Um, I got a bad bad back as well so there's some exercises I lay off of like murder bunnies I just can't do those but um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from that as far as having AEDs and CPR it's really good if people know CPR 
um, we don't have an we don't you know have an AED at our AO, but we literally work out in the shadow of the major medical center. So having an AED is probably a good idea, but uh, I'm not sure that's completely necessary. Uh, maybe other people have different feelings on that. The chance of you having to actually do CPR and shock somebody are pretty pretty rare. The most important thing is doing effective uh, CPR. So having guys that know uh, at least a few guys that are comfortable. Maybe, you don't have to be comfortable with it. Just make sure you know what to do. And the most important thing is dial 911 as fast as you can and start doing chest compressions. Um, that sounds daunting, I'm sure, to people who have never done it before. But, um, but I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't back off on anything because of that. Now, if you notice a guy who was running, you know, pretty well, and all of a sudden he's not quite where he was, he's kind of trailing off. You might, you know, ask that guy, how are you feeling? What's wrong? Are you okay? Do you need to get checked out? You know, that's something I've done with a PAX member of ours here recently. But, um, I mean, that's the best I can do uh, to give you, you know, some advice on that. I I think we would drive ourselves crazy if we had to worry about every little thing. Um, yeah. Guys well, need, you know, if you got – Well, I, I just – I appreciate you saying – don't don't lay off the workouts because the first step is the magnet, right? And so you got to have hard right. workouts. The guys are going to show up. So uh, even Absolutely. even if you have a even if you have a PAX member that has some some of these, you know, I mean, you had some major stuff. If you got somebody like that, just remind them. You know, when you do your disclaimer, always include in there modify as needed. I don't want you to get hurt. So guys understand, right. like you know, get better than you were yesterday. You don't have to try and beat me or you know you know, beat the guy who's 21 years old that's at the workout. Uh, just got to be better than you were yesterday. So, dude, great shares. I, uh, I'm yeah. I'm hoping the listeners understand why I did the disclaimer in the beginning because pretty scary what you went through, man. Holy mackerel. So. Yeah, yeah, right. it's scary. Sometimes sometimes I think it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, well, and it probably feels that way. I'm, I, You know, you're probably snapping back and saying, holy moly, how did we get to this point? Well, let's right. let's do our third part of let's do our third part of the roundtable, which is you got an upcoming podcast. I think uh, episode one dropped on Monday. Um, yep. Just walk the listeners through that because I'm uh, we're excited to hear that there, there's another. I, you won't be in this channel, but you're going to have your own channel. And uh, why don't you tell the listeners about what's going on with your podcast? Yeah, yeah. Be, this this is really cool because as with most most things in my life, like eHing the F three. This was my wife's idea. She was driving to work. I didn't even know she was listening to any podcasts, and she calls me up. She said, I was just listening to, pod- listening to a podcast. I think you need to do a podcast. I'm like, well, okay. What should I do it on? She said, I don't know. I, you know, there's a lot of things you're interested in and you're good at. Go ahead and do a podcast. I'm like, okie dokie. I have no idea how to start a podcast, but I started thinking about things and brainstorming what I should do. I made some calls. You know, I got a hold of Banjo, Banjo from uh, Carpax. My man Banjo was a troubadour. He made, paid us a visit. I'm friends with him. I gave it, I called Bing, reached out to him. They both recommended talking to Hello Kitty. I talked to Hello Kitty a number of times. I talked to Major Payne, who's our uh, sector Nantan. And uh, after talking to those guys and thinking about things I want to do, um, what I came up with was an extended version of something that I started with our packs. Oh, shortly after we planted the shovel flag, I thought we need to get to know these guys better. So in the COT, I started something called Get to Know the Packs, you know, Get to Know the Packs Better, and I would just pick a guy at random and say, tell us more about yourself. 
And it's amazing the things you find out about guys that you never knew, things that they went through, things that they do uh, that you never knew about. Like one guy's a sculptor. I'm like, wow, I've known you for years. <laughs> didn't know you did sculpting. Um, anyway, that kind of thing. And that same cardiologist that I told you was in my Sunday school class, his wife used to say, everybody has a story. And that stuck with me. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to create a, a forum where guys could come on and just tell their story. We want you know, guys that can give us their story, kind of like you're doing, man. I mean, I, I don't want to redo the wheel, you know, reinvent the wheel here or be redundant, but bring guys on that, who can share their story that can give motivation, inspiration, hope, um, maybe a kick in the pants to other guys out there. And we've recorded uh, seven episodes so far, and uh, our first episode dropped this past Monday. And fortunately for me, I had one of my PAX members. He's a young guy, one of our newest guys. He was uh, joined us in like October. He uh, is on the. He does for a living. He's kind of in the in communications, but as a side job, does videography and all this other stuff. Well, he had all the equipment, and I told him about. I, I reached out to my PAX. Said, "Hey, I think I'm going to start a podcast." He said, "I got all the equipment." And I was like, "Let's go. We're doing it." And I was like, "Okay," and uh, that's Spielberg, our man Spielberg. And uh, so a month after my wife told me I should start a podcast, we recorded our first episode. And she told me that night, she goes, I can't believe this. I mean, I just told you you should start a podcast, and a month later you've done it. She's, and so the, this whole, whether nobody listened to this podcast or not, it was worth it for this. My wife said, I'm really proud of you. That was amazing. So if nobody listens to our podcast, that's, I hope you do. <laughs> but hearing that from my wife made it all worthwhile. So anyway, we've had seven episodes we've recorded the, the the guests some of you some of them you'll know you guys out there in f3 nation will know some of you may not know in fact one guy i know you're not going to know because he's a local guy who's not part of f3 and we're trying to eh him he's a fellow in his 60s who is one of the most if not the most successful cross-country coach in the state of pennsylvania and uh that, that was a really good a really good episode uh, he ended up adopting a, a baby from Romania, when that country was coming apart, an orphan who ended up having special needs, and they knew when they got there to get her, they told them that, and they said, "We'll take her anyway." And now she's a special Olympian, and she's a distance runner, and he's a coach in, in the Special Olympics as well. And anyway, great episode. So it's been really cool doing it. I'm having a lot of fun getting to know these guys, and and talk to them and hear their stories. And I just hope everyone out there is blessed by it. I mean, that's that's really. The whole goal here is uh, guys can get better and, uh, you know, get the, the healing they need, the motivation they need, the inspiration they need. And, you know, and some guys need just, just need some hope. And so hopefully we can provide that for them. It's called the High Impact Man Podcast. <clears throat> Fortunately, love I was I'll, advised. I love it. Hey, hold, hold on a second. I love the name. Go, keep going. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you about the name because initially I was going to call it the Ball of Man Podcast. And, you know, if you're an F3, that's like, oh, yeah, ball of man. But when I talk to some other people about, like, my son, he's like, Dad, I don't think you want to call it the ball of man podcast. And I, I talked to Major Payne. He goes, have you Googled ball of man? I said, no. So I Googled it. And then I realized that probably shouldn't call it ball of man. So <laughs> we came up yeah. with the high impact man podcast. Yeah, love it. And then um, what we'll do is um, – We'll be dropping the show notes a link, and so for all you podcast guys out there, you can uh, you can jump on that and jump in that channel and um, add that to your favorites. So, 
Brother, we're on, we're on top of our time. Couple, uh, well, normally the way we end these, uh, first of all, I'm going to say on behalf of the nation, thanks for sharing your testimony because uh, you really hit uh, across three topics. And I, I am going to tell you the final one. I thought we did, we did it in the correct order because sometimes we do stuff um, for a variety of reasons, but sometimes we just want to impress our wives. And I think uh, yeah. if, if, guys, if guys get anything out of this episode, I – I hope they understand why I did a disclaimer at the beginning of this one, and then I appreciate you ending with the, the true motivation, which is always trying to impress your girl, which uh, I'm yeah, proud of right. sharing that testimony. So, Well, the way we, we normally end roundtables is I kind of do, uh, I get out of the way and let you do some closing comments, anything you want to leave the packs with. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I, I greatly appreciate you, be, you having me on the roundtable. I've listened to this podcast numerous times, and it's just a true honor to be on here. It's an honor to try to serve the PACs uh, in any way I can. Um, and I, it's, my message to the guys out there is the one that original message from the original book. You are free to lead. If you have an idea, if you have a passion, just do it, man. Just as my military friends say, get kinetic. Start work. Sometimes you just have to start doing and take action before you figure out what you're doing. Um, you got an idea, you got the passion, you know, go for it, you know, and make it happen. And uh, I know that you'll find help along the way if you just reach out. Uh, nothing that we do in life has to be done alone. In fact, it shouldn't be. So that's my message to all the men out there is, you know, you, in the F3 Nation, uh, you got an idea, there's something you want to do, there's somebody you want to serve in the community, you're free to lead. Go and do it, man. Brother, it was great talking to you. And um, I'll, uh, I'll remind you again. Um, yeah. Keep getting after it. I love it. Uh, your story is very inspiring. So I, I want to make sure we recognize that. Very inspiring. Thanks for being a guest. Good luck with your podcast. And um, the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye.